What an appropriate song uh, to uh, start to express a bit of what we feel, uh, my wife and I and our family, for the two plus years uh, we've been able to spend uh, with this awesome church. Uh, Wednesday night was wonderful. Uh, we had a bit of a farewell. A lot of words were shared. Uh, we were very, very encouraged by all that you had to share with us that night. Uh, and, and I brought Mandy up this morning because we wanted to, before I, before I preach my final sermon, my Christmas present to you, um, we wanted to... Um, we wanted to just uh, encourage you guys. Uh, we, we've given to you, but you've given us far more. Uh, and Manny's going to share uh, just a few things our family feels uh, that we really are encouraged by you guys and, and really are grateful for. So I'll let Manny share at this time. Do I need... I can use this, right? I don't You can hear me. Okay. I'm not good at holding and talking. Um, I also want to express my deep thanks and gratitude for all the kind words, cards, hugs. It's overwhelming and very humbling yes. and um, we're very grateful and um, I, we just wanted to, I wanted to share on behalf of our family just a few th- ways things you guys have taught us and ways we've learned since being here in uh, Romans 15:13, it says may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit uh, just a few, I, I could share about all, most of you in some way how you've touched our hearts and our lives, and, um, but just a few ways that I feel like we've really changed us. Um, you've taught us a deep trust in God and his sovereignty in this church. Yep. It's a trust that's been tested and is true, and we've learned to embrace this more and to find rest in God's will for our lives. And though life has its peaks and valleys, that God remains the same forever. We've also learned more deeply about hope, an overflowing hope, a hope that's not found in this world, um, a hope that is focused on what's eternal. And, and truly, because of your hope, you have brought heaven closer to us. Mm-hmm. Ah, um, all joy and peace. Uh, this church has brought so much joy to our lives. Yep. Those are tears of joy. Um, those are happy tears. Those are not happy tears. Um, in the hardest moments, there's always been laughter, too. And uh, Timothy Keller says, just quoting him, he says, There's a joy available that the deepest grief cannot put out. No circumstance or person can take away the joy God gives. Mm-hmm. Ruby received her salvation here. Yeah. A deep joy. Um, our girls have all grown to love God and his church in new and deeper ways. And that's a deep joy. Yeah. Um, and Forrest and I, we have been forever changed yep. and will always be a little brummy. Yep. <laughs> Still working um, on the axe. <laughs> Jacob says, after wrestling with God, God is in this place and I didn't even know it. And we had no idea when we came to Birmingham how much God would teach us, yep. how much he would change us. Uh, we've, all, we've all cried, all six of us leaving. And um, we didn't know how much this church would become part of our family, uh, become our family. And I want to thank you for uh, loving us, for forgiving us, for embracing us, grieving with us, rejoicing with us, and changing us. Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19 says, Do not cling to the events of the past or dwell on what happened. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Or dwell on what happened long ago. Watch for the new thing I'm going to do. It is happening already. You can see it now. I will make a road through the wilderness and give you streams of water there. 
We are so excited for the new things that God will do and is already doing. Um, Thank you for letting us be part of this church's story. Uh, And in the words of the profound Winnie the Pooh, how lucky we are to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. We love you. Well, I will try not to need tissues. Um, We shall see. Uh, it's so hard to say goodbye. I feel like we've been saying goodbye for a while now. Uh, it, it's so hard. And, and I think, uh, you know, there's always those questions when we say goodbye, where do we go from here? And I think it's very simple. Uh, for, for those of us who are disciples of Jesus, we, we look to God. We look to God in these times of transition that we're all uh, going through. And, and so my hope for all of us as we, as we go on to this next chapter in our family and in, in, in this church family, uh, that we will go forward, that we will go onward, that we will go upward. And so the title of my sermon this morning is Ascend. Ascend. Turn to Psalm 126. Every church I've left uh, since Roanoke, this third church I've left, I've preached this at the end of my time. Uh, and I think it speaks so much to my heart, and I hope it will speak to yours, uh, as to the future for all of us in God. Psalm 126, in verse 1. The psalmist praises God as he sings, and we get to record this in God's Word. It says in Psalm 126, verse 1, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Verse 4, Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears, he goes on to say, will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Uh, As you probably see in your Bible, this is called uh, a song of ascent. Uh, There's 15 songs uh, in this section uh, of the book uh, that record these songs that the pilgrims would sing as they came back to Jerusalem, or Zion, right, as it says uh, there in verse 1. And most of the pilgrims would go up the Jericho Road, uh, which starts below sea level, uh, 1,400 feet below sea level, and you climb 4,000 feet up to Jerusalem uh, in that ascent. And so they would sing these songs, uh, the pilgrims, as they returned to Jerusalem to celebrate the different things uh, that God had done and will continue to do. They would sing these songs, and this is one of those songs uh, they would sing that we have, now have, of course, in canonized Scripture. Uh, and of course, this song uh, likely refers to, there, there are other things it may refer to, but it's likely referring to the Babylonian exile that the Jews in Jerusalem had went through and then after about 70 years of captivity they were allowed to come back they were allowed to come back right and so and so this is a, a, a record of the time where, where they came back and their dreams were starting to come true again in God uh, and it was just kind of this comeback story if you will that we have recorded here in God's word and the text is it's so inspiring right verse 1 starts out with this with this joy uh, of the vision that they have uh, before them because of God's work in their life. Uh, this was likely written during the time of Ezra, Ezra and Nehemiah's leadership uh, of Israel as they came back and were rebuilding the temple and really restoring uh, the Israelites uh, spiritually. And you can imagine after the actual event, uh, you know, the, the Jews who were no longer living in Jerusalem coming back to Jerusalem, walking up the path, uh, and seeing the temple for the first time maybe in years, uh, after maybe a hard year, 
or seeing the temple and going back and just being restored in their faith just from that pilgrimage time that they may have had. And so it's very fitting then and it's very fitting still today as we read these words thousands of years later because isn't this true of all of our lives? We at times ascend and we at times descend. We get to experience peaks and sometimes we get to experience valleys. And so it's a very fitting uh, story even to our lives today. And it says that we were like those who dream. You know, it, it seems so, so good. Maybe it wasn't true, but it really was. It really was true that God was working more and more in their life. It's like, it's like that feeling you get when you first receive your salvation. You know, Ludi was baptized this last week. One of our campus students is Ludi here this morning. I don't see her. And, uh, you know, she was baptized this week. And, you know, it's, it's like that experience, you know, that Ludi felt uh, this last week when she received uh, the salvation of her soul. It's like when God works that, that breakthrough miracle in your life that you've been praying for for years. It's like how the church feels when God brings revival in it uh, and among us. And I believe it's a fitting passage because I believe our church is entering into one of those times uh, as we speak where God is working and new dreams and new hopes are coming alive. Uh, you know, the, the, the signs of this stage goes on in verses 2 to 3. It speaks of laughter, right? It speaks of joy. And it speaks of proclamation. Their mouths, it says, were filled with laughter. Uh, the great uh, British preacher Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, The mercy was so unexpected of the psalm, so amazing, so singular, they could not do less than laugh. And they laughed much, so much that their mouths were full of it, and that because of their and because of that, their hearts were full too. And he says, we must raise up ourselves with this consideration that the gospel is nothing else but laughter and joy. And so, no matter what may be going on as Christians today, if we have the gospel in our hearts, we can be filled with laughter and joy. It reminds me of the, the Proverbs thirty-one woman. It speaks of all her different attributes, and one of the things it says is that she can laugh at the days to come. In Proverbs 31, verse 25. So there's laughter, there's joy when God starts to bring these dreams back into our lives. Uh, And there's also proclamation. There's also proclamation. It says there, first of all, that the people outside of God's kingdom proclaim how great God is working in their lives. People take notice when God works repentance in people's lives. People take notice when God works restoration uh, among His people. Uh, and even today, you know, it, it, it's like that coworker who, who doesn't know how you're so happy yet you don't go out every weekend and drink. You know, or you know, it's like that coworker who says, "Why do your team? How do your teams actually obey you and are happy to be at home?" You know, it, it's like one of those moments right here in Scripture. So the nations are noticing, and then they start to take notice. They say. The Lord has done great things for us in verse 3. And we are filled with joy. You know, we must never forget what God has already done in our lives. And every Sunday is a celebration of that, of that very thing, right? You know, the 30th anniversary was a highlight for me. We had it in May for the church. Uh, and there was just such a joy and such a, such a, a sense of gratitude. And I was just so proud of the church that day. I just felt like, you know, God, God, God had done great things among us and it was very evident that whole weekend as we reflected. Uh, but like this psalm, we can't, we can't live in the glory days. And the psalm goes on, right? It goes on in verses uh, 4 through 6 to talk about the future. It says, Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, 
carrying sheaves with them. And so the second half of Psalm 126 does not just stay in the glory days. It celebrates them, but recognizes that there is still work to be done. That God is not finished with their story. And as a church, you know, we can use our past victories to build toward future ones. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, like, like Sinatra sings, you know, the, the best is yet to come. You know, that's one of my favorite Sinatra songs. The best is yet to come. Baby, won't this be nice? You know, it's, just, it's got that ring to it. And that's, and, and, and in Christ, that is our future. It doesn't matter what happens tomorrow. It doesn't matter what happens in two years. It doesn't matter who is the next evangelist of this church. Our future, the best is yet to come. And the psalm, the psalm rings, it rings of that idea. And it celebrates that future victory because the victory is always found in Christ, no matter what may come. And it has these two beautiful pictures. I'm hoping you can see this. Uh, this is actually uh, this is actually the Negev Valley, south of Jerusalem, and and what's coming in there. It's not the greatest picture. Um, is actually uh, right there. Uh, it doesn't work on the TV screen. Interesting. Right there, that is actually that is actually water flooding into the, the to the, the valley of Negev, uh, just south of Jerusalem. They get these you know these these huge storms in the mountains, and they get these flash floods in the valleys. And so what the the psalmist is picturing is this restoration. This way God just breaks through in our lives. And how He's going to do it soon. How it's coming one day. It's a flash flood, right, of God's goodness uh, that the psalmist here uh, is speaking of. And the, and the second picture here, you know, so there's one of flooding. The other one is of the harvest. That's not, that's not those women's hair. Uh, they're, carrying, they're carrying these massive sheaves. They're carrying these massive sheaves, right, uh, of grain. And so, so, so the first picture is this sudden breakthrough of God's work in our lives. All of a sudden, God's blessing just gets poured out like a flash flood. But the second picture here is more of this, is this day in and day out labor and toil in God that we have to have by faith. And, and, and then one day, one sweet day after all that labor and all that toil and all those tears, the harvest comes. And it's not just a, a, a little bit, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so it's a picture here, you know, of the progress that God wants to make, I believe, in all of our lives. And, and you know, we must, we must note uh, it's challenging because, you know, it, it says, you know, the joy comes, but the joy doesn't come uh, in the passage. The joy doesn't come. Um, the joy doesn't come until the tears are shed. The, the harvest doesn't come in until the, until the work is put in. And a lot of times we, we, we want it now, but, but, but God is going to bring it when He needs to bring it in its own time and in its own way. And, and when we wait for God for those moments, the harvest is always, it's always abundant and it's always sweet. But we must be willing to wait on God and have uh, that, that kind of faith. You know, pain, pain, pain faithful in Christ will always bring gain. That's what this psalm reminds me of. Pain faithful in Christ will always bring gain. And so Israel's story at this point in their history in Psalm 126, I believe is a little picture of our story, past, present, and future. And so just two big ideas here from this text uh, that I, can, I, I, I believe can really help our church continue here in Birmingham to ascend uh, towards God's plan, plan for our life. And the first is just, just simply to have dreams. God will ascend our lives and bring us to a greater place just simply through our dreams. Uh, as, as has already been stated, you know, uh, it, it talks about, sorry, that's not it. It talks about in verse 1 in Psalm 126 this idea of, of, of being dreamers for God, right? Being dreamers for God. You know, what do you see? What do you see as you look ahead? 
what do you see? Dreams are a faithful way of seeing our future. Believing that God you know, does indeed have the best yet to come uh, in our lives. You know, what do you see in 2019? I mean, think about it for a moment. Picture the next year, that, and it's coming up, it's just around the corner. You know, we may see a cold winter ahead. We've been feeling that a little bit lately. You know, we, we may see more Brexit woes, you know. Oh, you know, we, that's always in the headlines, isn't it? You know, we, we, may, we, may, we may sadly even think Villa may miss out again on the Premier League. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe they're going to go back to the, the Premier League. I believe that. But, but some of us may think the opposite, right? Uh, we, we may even think of another hot summer, you know, another hot summer. I, the, the, the Brits didn't seem to like it. I was like, I don't get it. This is great. Uh, most of the Brits I was talking to didn't seem to like the hot summer. You know, whatever it may be, you know, what do you see? What about in, in 2025? You know, what about in 2030? No matter what, the future is God's. We know that for certain. And if we are His, the future is good. And that's the scripture I love. This is one of my theme scriptures for my life. Thanks be to God, Paul says, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. And so, like them, we too, it says when the captives came back to Zion, we were like, we were like people who dreamed. Well, we, we're captives too. But we're captives in Christ as Christians. And that captivity always leads us in triumphal procession. So our future is bright, no matter what it may be. And I love, I love Psalm 126 because it's laughter, it's joy. After 70 years, 70 years of captivity... Yet the, the Israelites have not lost their spiritual swagger. They've not lost their faithful confidence in their God. They're still dreaming for what God is going to do next in their lives. And, and, and I, love, I love the song because it, it actually says twice just to emphasize what God does. What does it say twice that, that what God does? What does He do? Great things. Not just things, but great things. And it's twice there as it often is in Scripture to emphasize that is what God is always doing. You know, the atmosphere in the church lately, it's been one of that. There's been a lot of joy. There's been a lot of laughter. There's been a lot of, you know, dreaming. You know, people, people getting a vision, you know, for, for their lives. Um, and I believe the best is yet to come if we continue to focus on God and stay together. God has great things in store. The past, it, it matters not. God is leading us upward and we are ascending. You know, there's an old saying that goes, do not stumble over something behind you. (laughs) And it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And spiritually, that's always God's plan for our life. It's always God's plan for our life. But in the Christian walk, we know you cannot ascend without being a faithful dreamer in God. And I think that's one of the needs of the hour in this church. We need faithful dreamers. We need men and women because of their faith in their God who who have an expected vision of the future and how God is going to work. Because when you really believe that way, you live that way. Right? Our faith in many ways determines our future. It's not... It's not the past. It's not the, you know who, who the church hires next or whatever else. It's it's our faith. I believe yeah. our faith in Jesus that will determine our future more than anything in this church. Uh, Michael Jordan, you know, they say he's the greatest basketball player of all time. You know, and I, I believe that. And uh, you know, he was quoted recently as saying, "The ceiling is the roof," which doesn't make any sense. The ceiling is the ceiling, and the roof is the roof. But what he was trying to say is, you know, break through the ceiling, get you know, get to the roof, and he got kind of made fun of for that. And there's different uh, things about it on the internet and things like that. But but I think as Christians, the ceiling is our faith. 
the ceiling is our faith. And in the Birmingham church, there have been many faith ceilings broken in the last few years. Uh, you know, I think of the teen ministry. Uh, most of our teenage children are becoming Christians. That, that, is, that is a faith ceiling being broken in this church right now as we speak. Uh, amen. That's awesome. And, and not only are they becoming Christians, they're starting to baptize their friends. You know, Jessica's and more to come like Jessica's are getting baptized too. You know, I think about our unity ministry. You know, there's a new group of young dreamers emerging in the unity ministry. You know, the Jamies and the Sarahs, and now this this recent chain of Adam, then Joe, then Looney, and and God's just getting started, right? As those faith sins are being broken. I think of the Edge ministry. Uh, the singles are the singles are are dreaming together, and 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 there is a, an excitement building that God is working already uh, in powerful ways. I think of the marriage ministry. So proud of the marriage ministry in this church. You know, we had a Graham recently. They're there. Many more grams out there we're going to add. Uh, as your guys' faith grows, you guys have so much to offer the world uh, because you have a marriage in Christ, because you have a faith that's mature, and that can make a huge difference. Uh, I think of uh, you know, a lot of the, the brothers and sisters who are wandering out there in the city right now who need to come back. You know, I think of the Malcolms, you know, and more like that, that are out there, that, we, that God is going to bring back through our dreams and through our, our faith in Him. You know, we've been dreaming together, breaking faith stones together, and it's been a joy for me. Uh, it's been a joy for my wife. It's been a joy for our family to be a part of that. Uh, and I'm going to continue to dream for this church. I'm going to continue to pray for this church. Uh, I want you to dream for us, and I want you to come visit us. And, and, and God is hes just getting started, I believe, in this next chapter uh, of, of making our dreams come true together. Amen? Amen? So dare to dream greater. Dare to dream greater. God is bigger than our problems and greater than our challenges. And some of us, maybe we need to dare to dream again. To the older Christians in the room, what is your dream for God? What what are you hoping God will do in your life? And and are you going after that? This psalm calls us back to that. It calls us back to that. You know, Psalm 126 reminds us, the past does not determine our future. Our faith does. Our faith does. And so dreams... uh, And the second thing here is just simply determination. You see in this psalm, dreams, and you also see in this psalm, this idea here, uh, my second final point this morning as we close out, uh, is one of determination. You see one of determination here. We ascend through determination. And that's true in real life. When it comes to trying to get to a peak where you can see a view, you've got to have oftentimes some determination unless there's a road built and you have a good car. Um, I've been able to see some beautiful views in my time here in Europe. It, it, it's been amazing. We took our last European hoorah to Greece. We got to see the, you know, the caldera there of Santorini. You know, these over a thousand foot tall cliffs from this old volcanic crater. And it's just, it's just breathtaking. I mean, you take pictures and it doesn't even do it justice. You know, it's one of those, one of those kind of scenes. You know, I think more closely of the of the cliffs of Bohr. You know, this this death-defying walk along these 800-foot cliffs on the west coast of Ireland. And again, I was just so blown away uh, by that view. But my favorite view is just is just a little west of here in Wales that I got to see so far in my life. Uh, and Kenny and I are, are one of our one-year challengers who is no longer with us back in L.A. doing great. Um, you know, he took this selfie on his iPhone and, and, and the clarity in that photo, you know, still, it just, it, it actually, it looked 
it looked like that, you know, and it was just such an amazing view. But honestly, if you felt the way my legs feel in that photo, and you felt the way my back felt in that photo, you realize it took a lot of determination, a lot of determination to get that view. It was not easy on the pig track there all the way to the top of Mount Snowden. Without determination, we often don't get to enjoy the spiritual view at the top. We all want that spiritual view at the top, don't we? But it often takes determination. And this psalm gives us some great insight as to, as to that battle. Uh, it says, you know, really there's kind of two things you have to do here. Two things you have to sow. You have to be determined to sow in your spiritual life to see those victories come true. The first is simply you've got to sow tears. Verses 4-6 through six here in the psalm, it says you have to sow tears. You know, we think of tears because, because they're connected to love. They're connected to love. Whether it's joy or whether it's pain, and I feel a little bit of both for sure in the tears I've cried leaving you guys. Uh, you know, it comes though because of love. It comes because of love. Uh, and you know, and I think practically for us as Christians, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the one another relationships in this room. Really loving each other. Really, you know, persevering. Because sometimes we make each other cry. Sometimes we hurt each other. Sometimes we harm each other. And that's, that, that's part of the challenge. We've got to keep sowing those tears. We've got to keep loving one another. We've got to keep serving one another. We've got to keep looking out for one another. We've got to keep working on our unity. And again, that takes tears. That's not easy work. That's really challenging work. It's some of the hardest work as Christians. And we've been working on that as a church but we've got to keep growing because there will be other chapters where it's going to require tears for us to stay together and have the kind of love that can help the world to know Christ. Uh, I came across this proverb um, in my study this week. It says in Proverbs 17.9, Whoever would foster love covers over an offense. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. You know, Love will help us find a way, but we must learn. We must grow in love. And otherwise, we'll repeat bad situations. It doesn't. It, it's not hard to go back in a relationship. It's not hard, hard to go back when the church is unified, back to disunity. It's not very hard. And, and oftentimes it happens because we're not fostering love. We're not learning how to love each other more deeply. We're not learning how to walk with each other more closely. And we've got to keep learning as a church. We've got to keep sowing those tears relationally. This, the theme this year has been together. Uh, and we've really done that, I believe, as a church. And you can feel the power of that. But we've got to keep growing in love. Sowing those tears for that to continue. Uh, and then the other thing is just really, uh, you know, sowing seeds, it says. We've got to sow tears. And it also says here in the psalm, we've got to sow seeds. And to me, that's the, that's the gospel. That's the truth of the gospel. We've got to keep sowing the, the truth of the gospel. Jesus compares the gospel to seeds, right, in His parable uh, of the sower. It reminds me of uh, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verses 1-2. through 2. Uh, Paul says there to the church in Corinth, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise... You have believed in vain. We must keep planting and replanting the truth of the gospel in our hearts. We must keep planting and replanting the truth of the gospel in this lost world. Yeah, it's not always easy in the UK in 2018 to, to plant that gospel in your neighbor's heart. Or to, or to, or to plant the, you know, that gospel in your... In, you know, Roger and I talking about a conversation with his boss he was having this week. You know, That's not easy, but it, but it must be done. Because what other hope do they have? But if that if that gospel is not planted firmly in my heart, if it's not clear to me, if if, I, if I'm not 
you know, clinging to it, taking my stand on it, it starts to get fuzzy out in the world real fast. And we even, dare I say, start to change it. And as a church, we've got to always hold on to the truth of the gospel no matter what. And we do that by replanting it more and more in our hearts, renewing our convictions as to what it means to become a disciple of Jesus and be saved. And then sharing that message and learning how to bring that message to a lost world. There's no other way. There's just no other way. We've got to sow tears and sow seeds. And the the encouraging thing is when we do that, what does it say at the end there in verse 6? It says, we'll come back carrying sheaves. It's not going to be like, oh, look at my little stalk. No, it's going to be, it's going to be so heavy and it's going to be so big you're barely going to be able to carry it. And that's the vision God has of, of determined, faithful disciples. That's the vision Jesus puts out in John 15. You'll bear much fruit, much fruit, if you truly are my disciples. And there have been many, many visible results of determination in this church uh, when I think about it. You know, I, I, you know, I think about, again, the 30th anniversary. That was, that was the sheaves were on our shoulder that weekend. It was just an encouraging time to see all that God had done. Uh, I think even recently, some of the things, you know, I think of, you know, you know, Neil Rami's baptism. Uh, I know a lot of the teens have been baptized, and your your baptisms were all awesome. Uh, I, I don't want to say his was, his was any more awesomer than yours, but but what I love about Neil's baptism is is the story behind it. The Robins were living, you know, away from the church a good distance and going through some real challenges in their family, and they persevered. They stayed determined to cling to Jesus and His teachings. They did not waver in their faith in Him. The brothers and sisters got in there too, determined to help them work through some things. They worked through those things, and then at the end of that time, boom, their son becomes a Christian. That's not a coincidence. That's a picture of the way God, you know, if we persevere in Him, we sow those tears, sow those seeds, one day we're going to carry that sheath. And it's going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be just like what we just saw in Neo's life in the Rami family. You know, I think of Sharon's funeral. Our dear sister Sharon, who passed away just recently. You know, Sharon was one of these people, you know, she, she just, she had this quiet strength. It wasn't flashy. And then you show up at the woman's funeral and you're just like, wow. I, I've never been to a funeral like that. I've been to a lot of funerals as a minister and as a Christian. And I've never seen a funeral where, where, where someone had, had such an impact through such a quiet faith. I mean, I'm loud. I get to, I get to share my faith loudly all the time, you know. I have a mic, you know. But, but Sharon, she, just, she was just this quiet, faithful, determined disciple. And her impact was so incredible. You know, it, you know, it was a sheave, you know, that the Berman Church was carrying on its shoulders that day as we celebrated her wonderful life. You know, to me, spiritually speaking, there is strong now and there is Birmingham strong. And this church is full of determined disciples. And that's why it still stands today strong after 30 years. And that's why I believe the best days are ahead. Because God, when we give Him that determination, He takes it and He bears fruit in our lives. He changes our lives. He changes our ministries through that, that faithful determination. And there are challenges to come. Amen. Yeah. We all know that, don't we? And our leadership transition will be one of them. There's a transition coming and, and, and what are we going to do? We've got to be determined to stay together. No matter what may come. We've got to be determined to, to trust God. We've got to be determined to, to, to work together in our leadership to make sure that our transition is smooth. And I truly believe it can be a glorious transition for the church in this next stage and next chapter. And I do think that you know the determination that has made the biggest difference uh, as I close out on just a recollection, I think is the determination to get back to discipleship in the church. There's been a renewed sense of determination. To, I'm just going to follow Jesus. I don't know about this. I don't know about that. 
I don't know about him, I don't know about her, but I'm going to follow Jesus. I was baptized in His name and I'm going to continue in His name. And I'm not going to let anything else get in the way of that. I'm going to stay focused on Jesus. It's not going to be a new person, a new method, a new opinion, a new perfectly executed plan that's going to keep this church moving forward. It's going to be our determination to stay focused on discipleship. Our determination to stay focused on Jesus. And the challenge with that is Jesus says, you must deny yourself and carry your cross daily or you cannot be my disciple. The challenge with that is going to be, let's all put our personal agendas aside. Amen. That's going to be the danger. Whenever there's a vacuum and there's transitions, you know, we, we all kind of think we know, we all kind of think we know what we want, we all, and we all want it in the church. And we've got, to, we've got to crucify our personal agendas and stay focused on Jesus' greater and better plan. Amen? Amen? Sir Edmund Hillary, another great Brit, you know, he's the first man to climb Mount Everest, right? And he actually failed. He actually failed miserably on his first attempt. Uh, and, there, and there's this record of what he said. He actually, he actually turned toward Mount Everest and he shook his fist, they say. And he said this. He said to the mountain, I will come again! And conquer you. Because as a mountain, you can't grow. But as a human, I can. Our faith, our love, our discipleship, our unity, it's not done growing yet. Let's keep ascending. Our dreams, our determination, they're not done growing yet. The best is yet to come. So Merry Christmas. I wish you a Merry Christmas. It's my final gift to you. My last sermon here for now. You know, we, we, we love you guys. We, we believe in you guys. Uh, we know that, again, God has great things in store in the future. And I, and I really believe, you know, God wants you guys to sing your song of ascent as the Birmingham Church as 2019 rolls in. God has, He has great plans in store for us all to ascend. But it's going to take new dreams. It's going to take new determination. And so may we as a Birmingham church, you know, sing that song of ascent together in 2019 and beyond until we can sing it all together in heaven. Amen? Amen. And, and, and together as one for the last time with me for now, the Birmingham Church of Christ said, Amen. Amen. Amen.